thankful tonight that victory is not yours, but it's the Lord's. And if God be for me, then who can be against me? Amen. That's worth rejoicing over tonight, that victory is the Lord's. The God that I serve, the God of angel armies. Amen. The victory belongs to Jesus. Amen. I am so thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Always good to be in God's house with God's people. Amen. And there's no place that I would rather be than right here. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And I would pray tonight that I could preach this the way that I have felt it in my spirit. Amen. I have... I'm sure as many of you have fought some allergy issues all week long, and I need the help of the Lord tonight. I thought I was going to pass out this morning. I was running out of oxygen up here. Either that or I'm just getting old and out of shape. I don't know what's going on. How many of you know that He is still everything? How many of you a moment ago when they were singing that song just truly felt that in your spirit? God, you're everything. You're everything. You are my all in all. You're my rock in a weary land. You're my help, oh God. You're my friend that sticks closer than a brother. You are everything. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 6, he says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love His appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans, Galatia, Titus, unto Dalmatia. Paul's writing here to Timothy and he's telling what we've heard so many times throughout our life. You really have two options here, Timothy. You can fight or flight. You can fight the fight or you can forsake. But the choice is going to be up to you. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. But there was one named Demas. And he hath forsaken me. Having loved this present world. And tonight for just a little while with the help of the Holy Ghost. I want to preach to you on this subject. The demise of Demas. The demise of Demas. Father we love you tonight. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your word. 
God, I pray tonight that this word would reach to the ears of some Timothys in the building. God, those that are in the balance, God, that are not yet at that end point. But God, there is a struggle and there is a tug for their soul. Some young people that sit here tonight that have felt the pressures around them. Some children that have felt the enemy, the adversary tugging on their heart, not even realizing what it is, God. But we sense it in the hour and we are in today. God, and we speak out against it tonight in the name of Jesus. And we ask that you would have your way in every heart. And everybody said, Amen. You can be seated this evening. This passage of Scripture is one that we all love and we can quote it. We love hearing about fighting a good fight and finishing the course and keeping the faith. It gives encouragement to a young man. If I did it, you can do it too. If I have endured all of the things I have endured and I have come from the background that I came from, you hear me, Timothy, you can make it too. And I want to come alongside of you. And I want to write this letter to you. To encourage you and tell you. If I did it, you can do it. If I can make it, you can make it. I wish there would be some elders in the house tonight that would testify to some young people and some young marrieds in the house and say, young people, young adults, if I made it, if I did all of these things, it wasn't me, it was the help of God, but I'm here tonight because of God's help and you can make it too. It all speaks of one who made it. Through every struggle, every hardship of life. He said, I finished. But then we get to a verse of scripture that doesn't really settle the same. We almost don't want to even get to that verse because we're rejoicing in the verses prior to that and how exciting it is. But if you keep reading, you will find that there was one. There was one who did not finish. One who did not win the fight. One that did not keep the faith. This is not the first time Demas is mentioned by Paul. For it is perhaps, if it would have been, it would not have bothered us as much. Because we would not know much about him. If this would have been the only verse that Demas has mentioned and it just says that he loved this present world, we would have no idea of who he was. But in Philemon verse 24, he is mentioned with a group of men that Paul calls his fellow laborers. That sounds pretty great to me. Demas is not some member of the crowd. He's not some name that just blends in. This Demas we are speaking of tonight, he is a fellow laborer with Paul. He wasn't my errand boy. He wasn't a gopher. He wasn't just somebody there. He was a fellow laborer alongside me. He gave just like I gave. When we were out knocking doors and praying with people, he was right there with me knocking doors and praying with people. He was a fellow laborer with me when we went out to the highways and the byways. When we went trying to win souls and trying to see people's lives turned around, he was right there with me. 
I don't know about you, but if I was put in the same category as Paul, as a fellow laborer, I would feel pretty blessed tonight. That when you see all that was accomplished after the Lord found him, and you would say, I would gladly be a fellow laborer with that man. But Demas' story somewhere took a turn. For when he is mentioned again, it is in Colossians chapter 4 verse 14. It says, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas, greet you. Where once he was praised for being a fellow laborer, now he is mentioned along with the beloved physician, Luke, and Demas. Though it is only word on paper in our Bible, you can almost feel the concern Paul must have already felt. Perhaps Paul already noticed that Demas was slipping. Perhaps he already saw that he was on the edge and was quickly walking away following after the things of this world. Perhaps he saw his friend had let some things in his life and had brought some concern to him. The zeal that once filled my brother, I don't see it anymore. The fervency that was there, I don't feel it in his prayers anymore. And Paul was telling Timothy, I'm not telling you this so I can gossip. I'm not telling you this so I can throw mud and shame my brother. I'm telling you because I don't want you to go down the same path that I saw that friend go down. I'm telling you because I want you to see how easy it is for a child of God and a believer to be here with me and the next day begin drifting away. And so I want you to hear my word, Timothy. I want you to know I'm telling you this, not to gloom and doom, but to come alongside of you and encourage you and tell you there is a fight that is worth fighting. There is a race and it's worth finishing. It's worth holding on to. Don't you ever forsake it don't you ever get tired of hearing it preached don't you ever get tired of coming to an altar because I've seen it happen to somebody who was my friend I've seen it happen to somebody I loved and somebody I cared about I feel like I can relate to Paul in this Because I too have had those that were close to me. Maybe they were in my Sunday school class. Maybe they were in my youth group. And they went to the same camps I did. And the same NAYCs that I did. And came and prayed at the same altars I did. But somewhere along the way, the world was pulling at them. And pulling at them. And they had a love for this present world. And then there's those that I sat at a Bible college desk with. That heard the same lessons. That were there in the same chapel services in the same moves of God that proclaimed I will never leave this truth I will never walk away and if you would find them 11 years later you would not find them in an apostolic church tonight that may settle well with somebody but to me I feel like Paul that's looking at a friend that used to be a fellow laborer with me that used to sit on the same pew 
you with me that used to come and lift their hands and sing under the anointing of God. But tonight they are nowhere to be found. The ones that we knew were just going to be world changers. Years later, there was something there that wasn't there before. Something had shifted in their spirit. They still very much loved God. I still believe with all my heart that in their deepest heart, they, they wanted to do the right thing. But there was something else after their heart. It was this present world. For Paul writes to Timothy, he says, Demas has forsaken me because he loved this present world. Where once was a desire to be an heir, where once there was a desire to be called a child of God. Now he has grown content and now he has grown complacent. Where, where was that turning point? I can't speak for Demas tonight, but I am sure if given the opportunity tonight, he could tell you that maybe it was one giant thing that just came in and happened and altered his life. Maybe he would come tonight and say, Brother Sean, it was just this gigantic problem that showed up in my life and I didn't know how to overcome it and that's why I walked away. And that's why I had a love for this present world. But most likely, as it is with many others, it did not start with just one big thing. It was just little by little. It was one night that I just said, you know what, I, I'm not going to go to church tonight. I, I'm not going to do those things. I'm not going to live that lifestyle anymore. And you just slowly start walking. I'm not going to pray in the prayer room tonight. I'm not. Come on, it's just little things that you don't even think is a big deal at first. But little by little, it won't be long before you're not just a fellow laborer, but you're just Demas. That you're just another one there now. That you're just in the crowd. And Paul is saying, I don't want to see that anymore. I don't want that to happen to one more person that I love. I don't want to see one more preacher walk away. I don't want to see one more church throw in the towel. I don't want to see one more young person lost. I don't want to see one more child confused with a lack of interest in the kingdom of God. It doesn't happen in just a moment. It's those little foxes that come in and they spoil everything. They ruin it all. And we're not paying attention and we're not giving them credit because they're just little things. But if Demas were here tonight, he could tell you, I didn't go from being a follower to a deserter overnight. It happened little by little. It happened by just going out in the world just for a night, just for a moment. And then two weeks later, it was tugging on me again and again and again. And I had become a slave. This is an example of spiritual degeneration. Bit by bit, the fellow laborer has become the deserter. And the title of honor has become the name of shame. The determination has deteriorated. 
The drive has been diminished. The dedication has dwindled. And now you find this one here that is like the one pastor preached about this morning. That it's that hemorrhaging over time that just sucks everything out of you and drains everything out of you. You don't even know how you got to the place you're at tonight. You don't even know how your loved one got to where they are tonight. But it was just little by little over time that just drained them. It was not his disdain for the church. Paul doesn't said he was angry and bitter at the man of God. It said it was because because of his love for the present world. It had nothing to do with they didn't love God. And they didn't want to come into the house of God. It was that there were other things coming along and pulling at their heart. There were other things encouraging them. There were other voices influencing them. You hear me tonight, Greater Life Church. If there is not a person here that will come alongside of you. And encourage you until you come on. You keep living for God. You keep worshiping. You keep serving Him. You keep going to the altar. I don't care that you were there last Sunday. You keep on doing it. You do it until you see victory. You pray until you shout. You pray until the chains fall off. If that's not happening, then guess what? There's going to be a world that comes that says, come on, keep living the way you're living. Keep walking walking away from God. Keep going after that career. Keep chasing all of your dreams. Keep on. There's going to be an encourager somewhere. It ought to be in the house of God that a Paul would stand up and say, Timothy, hear me tonight. You can make it. Don't walk that same path. Don't go where Demas went. I've seen it happen. You can't be In that number, Paul said he's left because he has loved this present world. In 1 John chapter 2, he's writing not to the sinners, not to the crazy worldly people that are out partying every night. He says, my little children, these things write I unto you. That you sin not. And if any man sin. If you do happen to fall. If you do happen to make a mistake. We have an advocate. With the Father Jesus. We have somebody. That will come alongside of us. And lift us up. Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only. But also for the sins of the whole world. Down to verse 15. He tells them. His little children. Love not the world. Hear me young people tonight. Open your ears. Love not the world. Man and woman of God. Hear me tonight. Love not the world. I'm not preaching this to sinners tonight. I'm preaching to children of God. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love 
the world. The love of the Father is not in Him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's not of the Father, but is of the world. Hear me tonight. I cannot see one more fall in love with this world. I can't see one more walk away. It grieves my soul tonight to know there were fellow laborers that served with me and worshipped with me that have walked away because they had a love for this present world. We say, well, the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, that everything God made and He made the world and it was good and He said so. So how could me loving something God created be so wrong? Well, partly because He said that they worship the creature more than the Creator. That's part of the problem. They forgot who was behind all of this. They forgot that there was a higher power that even gave them breath in their body to wake up every day. And they're waking up arrogant like they deserve to be here. And they deserve to have life. And they're going about their merry way. You hear me tonight. You didn't get here by accident. You got here because there was a God above watching out for you. And He said He was going to make way for you to be here. But the world, that word for world is cosmos. And it took on a whole new tone and meaning. And now that tone and meaning, it began to mean the world apart from God. The world that was created by Him decided they were going to start creating their own gods. They were going to have their own ideas and their own agendas and every man was going to do that which was right in his own eyes. And there was going to be kings that would rise up that did evil in the sight of the Lord. And they were chasing after other things. And they were doing everything but the godly thing. They were doing everything but the right thing. And if I have ever seen my world in that place, I see it today. It is everything they can to oppose everything that is good, that is godly, that is righteous and they can come up with whatever word they want to call it. But you hear me tonight. That's what was happening to Demas. He was just listening. He was just letting his eye go over there just for a moment and tug on his heart. But hear me. There's got to be somebody that will stand up and say, Timothy, don't fall for that trap. Don't fall into it. So many times Paul's writing to him, telling him, there's going to be false teachers. There's going to be people that come. There's going to be people that try to pull you away and tell you differently. You can't listen to them. This world had separated itself from God. And now it was in chaos. Galatians 1 said, Who gave Himself for our sins, that He might deliver us from this present evil world. This present world that Demas fell in love with, he writes in Galatians, it was a present evil world. 
This present world is not the world that God created. This present world is one that has turned its back on Him. This present world has placed itself in competition against God Himself. So John says, don't love the world. Don't love those things that oppose godliness. Don't love those things that oppose righteousness. If you do, you can't, you can't have both. No man can serve two masters. You can't love God and then love the things that opposes God. You can't come and worship and, and, and bow down and cry out to Him and then go out and live an ungodly lifestyle in the world that opposes everything you've lived for your whole life. Because if you do, that will come a day where there will be a demise in your life. Demas, how did you get here? How did you love God? And then all of a sudden love the world. How did that happen? As Barclay puts it, perhaps it was the weariness of the years. The years that have a way of taking our ideals away. The years and the troubles that steal our joy. And steal our hope and steal our faith. Because we've prayed and there have been unanswered prayers. Because we believed that God would do it and something different happened. And so we lower our standards and we grow accustomed to defeat. He said a man named Halliday Sutherland tells how he felt when he was first qualified as a doctor. He said if I was on the street or in a company and there came the cry, Is there? doctor in the house is there somebody that can come and help me he said at first I was so thrilled I was so proud of my accomplishments I was so thankful that I knew how to be a service and I knew how to be of help to somebody he said this is what I had lived my life for I was proud and ready and eager to step forward and help but through the years, they went on and on and on. And now that same request has become a nuisance. For now when somebody cries, is there a doctor in the house? Now it wearied him. Now it tired him. Because he had seen too many lives lost and not enough surgeries that had gone the right way. And everybody had a need constantly. Like a tire with a small leak, you can go, but you can only go so far. And eventually time will catch up to you and leave you stranded. No wonder the writer said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. God, when I become just Demas, and I've wandered, and I've drifted away from that calling, and I've drifted away from the purpose, and I've forgotten why I get up and sing, and I forgot why I serve as an usher, and I forgot why I teach a Sunday school class, and I forget all the reasons I'm a greeter. God, restore unto me the joy. Take me back, God, to when I was a fellow laborer. Take me back when I first got in the church, and I loved, I loved every time 
time the doors were open. And I loved every time there was youth service. And I loved every time we had prayer meeting. God, take me back to that place. Restore the joy of my salvation. Some of us have been serving, but we haven't been serving with gladness. And it's because of the years. It's because of the life. It's because we've wandered so far away from when we first was a fellow laborer. But hear me, it's not too late tonight to turn around. It's not too late tonight to say, I don't want to go that way anymore. I don't want to keep walking towards the world. God, turn me around tonight and get me back to where I need to be. Paul's writing to Timothy and he tells him, Proclaim the message with intensity. Keep on your watch. Challenge, warn, and urge your people. Don't ever quit. Don't ever quit. Don't ever quit. You're going to find that there will be times when people will have no stomach for solid teaching. But will fill up on spiritual junk food. Catchy opinions that tickle their fancy and they'll turn their backs on truth and chase mirages. He says this, not out of assumption, but out of experience. Because Paul's now been around long enough to know, I've seen enough to know that there are those that said they would never walk away, that have walked away. Those that sat on the same pew with me and heard the same man of God I did and the same warnings I did that there would come a day where there would be false teachers when people would turn their back on truth because they would rather believe a lie because it's more conducive for my present world. If you would have asked Demas at the beginning what he thought about walking away, I imagine it would be what you would say tonight. Oh, I'll never stop praising. I'll never quit worshiping. I'll never quit living for God. But some of us in our lifetime have said that before. And there was a season where we did walk away. Where we did leave the house of God. I can imagine tonight that there are those that in your mind you're saying with affirmation tonight, I'm never going to do it. You start out loving this present world, not because you just run with arms wide open, but because you took your eyes off of that world and just glance for a moment at this present world. And then you look back up and then you look over again. And all of a sudden, this present world has your attention with all its glitter and glamour and it's waving its hands and it's doing all of these things to grab your attention and to get your young people's attention and, and your, your children's attention. And they want you to think that church is boring and coming into the house of God is a waste of time. And all they're doing there is feeding you lies. But there's got to be somebody that will stand and 
say it's not just words. I've made up my mind. I'm not turning back. I'm not giving up. I'm going to be like Paul and I'm going to finish this thing. I'm going to fight with everything I've got and I'm going to keep the faith. In the message, he said, don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way. Wanting everything for yourself. Wanting to appear important. Has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. If you would quit chasing after this present world, then you could fix your eyes back on that world that lasts forever. You hear me? It's called this present world. Because that's all it will ever be is this present world. And tomorrow or the next day or the next day at any given moment, God could come back in the moment in the twinkling of an eye and call all of us home. And then this present world will burn up with the fervent heat. Everything we've loved, everything we've invested and given our time and attention and devotion to every athlete every gym every theater every mall it's all going to be burnt down to dust I don't want anything like that I want to set my eyes on that world I want to fix my eyes on that eternal home on that place I've got to be let's stand all over this house tonight It didn't start off this way, but somewhere Demas did not find a place where he could drive in a stake and say, I'm not backing down. I'm not leaving. I'm not walking away from this place. I'm here for the long haul. Somewhere he forgot to cling to an old rugged cross. Somewhere he forgot to buy the truth and sell it not. Somewhere he purchased it but pawned it for conveniency. He pawned it in a moment of need instead of holding on to it for an eternal need. God, there have been so many. God, that were fellow laborers. God that pawned off this truth. God for a moment. God a fix. A one night stand. One weekend adventure God. And they threw it all away. Second Thessalonians said. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because they receive not the love of the truth. 
They didn't have it embraced. They didn't really, 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 really love it. That God would turn them over to a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Like Lot's wife, this passion that Paul is writing with serves as a notice to us. For Luke references the coming of the Lord and he says in that day, He which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, don't go back for it. Don't go trying to get it because it's just stuff in the world. It's stuff of no importance. He said, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Verse 32, he says, remember Lot's wife. Don't forget the mistakes she made. When there was a place that she was heading towards that would have brought her to safety. But because she had a love for this present world, she turned and looked back just for a moment. You won't have time to do that. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Remember Lot's wife. Remember the demise of Demas. Remember how he used to be a fellow laborer. Remember how he used to pray just like you prayed. He used to preach just like you preach. He used to teach Sunday school just like you. Don't think you're exempt because you're married to Abraham's nephew. Don't you think for one second that because you rub shoulders with Paul, you're exempt? Don't you think because you're in the house of God tonight, being able to bask in His presence, that you're exempt from the pull of this world and from every attack of the enemy? He will do everything He can and will leave no amount of strength left on the table until He has enlarged hell daily. I want you to look around this church right now. How much would it grieve your soul if in one year's time you looked across the same aisle and that one was no longer sitting there? God, what happened? They sang and they worshipped. They went to the altar the same night I did. What happened? No wonder Paul was writing with such an urgency. Timothy. Timothy. Get to me as fast as you can. Come get beside me as quickly as possible. Get by and encourage her quickly. Because there is a world out there that's encouraging in all the wrong ways. And there's going to be many more Demases if there are not some more Pauls that will rise up in this hour.
There's going to be a whole lot more than walk away and fall away if there's not some encouragers that come alongside and say, Come on, Timothy, you can make it. God, take me back. Take me back when I was a fellow laborer. Take me back to the old landmarks, oh God. Those things that used to be vital and important to me. God, that I cast aside. God, even when the elders told me, be alert, be aware, for there is going to come a day. There's going to come a day where the enemy's going to pull you. Oh no, not me. Not me. I've got my mind made up. I've got my heart fixed. They will tell you to only love yourself. They'll tell you to only worry about yourself. They'll tell you you have all the time you want. They will tell you all you've got to do is is just keep living however you want to live and it's going to be alright. There were warnings of this hour. There were men of God and elders who died preaching this truth. Telling us that there would be men of God who would walk away. Oh God, not me. It would never happen to me. Oh God. Couple of weeks ago now, a young man had graduated from junior high. Him and his family had gone to the beach to enjoy some time together. Not paying attention to what was happening and not heeding the signals of the double red flags telling them it was dangerous to be in the water. But a family that just wanted to enjoy life. They wanted to go out there and just have a good time celebrating their 14-year-old's junior high graduation. Thinking, not me. It would never happen to me. Nothing bad will ever happen to me. I know how to swim. I know how to do all the things I need to do. But when that family was out there that day, their 14-year-old son was sucked under the current. He was pulled under and never to be found again. You hear me? You heed those warnings in the Word of God. You heed the Word of God every time your pastor gets behind the pulpit. Young people, every time mom and dad come and they say, we're not going to do that. We're not, why not? I can do it and be alright. I'm capable of, of making it. I'm not going to drown. I'm not going to be consumed by sin. You... Oh, I've seen it happen to fellow laborers. Hear me tonight, Timothy. There was a demise of Demas. But it doesn't have to be the demise of you.
I open these altars tonight to every soul, every young person. God, I didn't mean to get this far. I didn't mean to drift this far out, God. Oh, but now I look back and the cross seems so far away. <laughs> the cross I used to cling to. God, I can't even see it anymore. God, don't let me love this present world. For what doth it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses? And loses his own soul. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, Lord. I've let worldly entertainment be my God. I'm sorry I've let that other relationship take precedent. I'm sorry, Lord, I've been consumed by other things. I come back to an altar tonight to drive a stake in. Oh, to declare I don't want to be anywhere else. I don't want to love anyone else, God. I don't want my brothers and sisters, God, falling in that trap. God, let me get beside somebody. Let me encourage them. Don't let me wait until they're slipping to go reach for them. God, let me encourage them while they're shouting. Let me encourage them while they're living right. Let me encourage them when they're walking the right path. I just want to worship Oh, time has robbed me, oh God. Oh, it's faded so slowly I didn't notice. But I need you to restore again the joy of my salvation. I used to be the first one there. And the last one to leave. I used to be the first one to watch somebody be baptized. I used to be the first one rejoicing when somebody else received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I just want to please 
Senhor. Oh, nothing else matters. You're still everything, God. You're still everything, God. You're still everything, God. Don't let my brother slip. Don't let my sister slip. Don't let our children and our young people slip. I've seen it happen to too many, God. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you.